All right, guys, if you didn't pick up on my enthusiasm from last week's episode, I absolutely love Print Status. It's a local business in the greater Los Angeles area. Print Status is your one-stop shop for all of your printing needs. They can screen print t-shirts as well as DTG. If you want die-cut stickers or embroidery, they got you. Print Status has you covered. In fact, I used to work for the owner, Don Lumbera, so I have firsthand experience with what print status brings to the market. Phenomenal. Don and his small staff of professional designers will take amazing care of your printing needs. They will also offer their professional recommendations for your designs and give you the best deal possible. Because they are a small operation, you can be confident that their customer service will be personal and will be attended to in a timely manner, knowing that you are working with an actual person and not just an automated response center. So, for your next printing need, both large and small, you can check them out on Instagram at printstatus.co or on the web at printstatus.co and let them know that you heard about Print Status from us. And of course, speaking of another local businesses, you know, I love to support local businesses. And I've been talking for a while now about the amazing family owned coffee shop, Corridor Flow, located in the city of Lomita, California. Corridor Flow truly is one of the best coffee shops in the South Bay, arguably top tier in the Los Angeles area. They only use premium beans, so you know their specialty coffee is top notch. Their service is caring and personable, and they have an amazing outdoor space where you can carefully meet up with a friend or post up to get some work done. The crew at Corridor Flow will definitely take care of you. So the next time you're in the Los Angeles area, make sure to check out Corridor Flow. You can find them on Instagram at Corridor underscore Flow or order your drink online at CorridorFlow.com and make sure you try their smooth and sweet cold brew coffee, especially with the weather slowly heating up. Corridor Flow, coffee, community, create. With that said, let's get at it. Welcome to the Breathe Podcast, where we explore the intersection of faith and creativity. We interview artists from all walks of life to discover how faith plays a role in their art and expression, hoping to encourage you to live a life of creativity and faith. And now, please welcome your co-hosts, Derek Engoy, Christian Mendoza, and Kevin Horton. Yep, yep. Welcome back, y'all, to the Breathe Faith and Creativity podcast. Welcome back to the show from Torrance, California. I am Derek Engoy from Cerritos, California. We got Christian Mendoza. Yo, yo. And from Long Beach, California, we have the fly, Kevin Horton. As fly as ever, man. <laughs> I love it. Carrying that energy from last week. I love it. I love it. Hey, how's it going? Kevin, how you doing this week? I'm awesome. I'm just relaxed and ready to enjoy another episode. Yeah, me too. I've been having such an amazing time with these episodes. It's such a it's such a joy. Yeah, I love the interviews, don't get me wrong, but I, I just love listening to the three of us and, and banter back and forth and hearing the progression from the beginning of the season till now. It's It's been phenomenal. So yeah, I've been enjoying it too. Chris, how are you doing? Dude, I'm doing great. I mean, I'm pumped. I mean, I'm, I'm with dudes that I really care, that really care about me and I care about them. I mean, we're, we're all being vulnerable and Man, it's just a great thing to be part of. Hey, guys, so you guys ready to start with this icebreaker? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so let's, yeah, let's, uh, let's go ahead with this. What's the first thing you guys are going to do when the world opens up? 
So, Kevin, yeah, let's go ahead and start with you. What, what, what do you want to do when the masks are off and it's time to actually rub elbows with the people again? Live concerts, live concerts, live concerts, and by the way, live <laughs> concerts. Hey, Kevin, I think uh, I, I think I in my crystal ball, not that I believe in that stuff, but I, I see you going to uh, live concerts when the <laughs> restrictions are off. Now, where did you get that idea? <laughs> Any particular band, Kevin? If there was like an ideal band that you were able to see, living or dead, who would you want to see? Ooh, good question. Alice Cooper. Wow. Alice Cooper. Oh, so how about you, Derek? What 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 are you going to do when the world opens up? I mean, what what's on your list? You know, it might not sound as exciting as going to a concert, but man, one thing I really miss is just meeting up some friends at a coffee shop. And sure, coffee shops and restaurants are slowly opening for outside dining, but man, there's some amazing coffee shops in the greater Los Angeles area that have indoor dining that I so yeah. miss going to. And uh-huh. that's one thing. Uh, like I said, I, I you know I still go to coffee shops obviously to pick up my coffee, but there's just something different about picking it up to go and yeah. not being able to hang around, having to worry, you know, if if I'm too close to yeah. someone. But that's one yeah. thing I'm looking forward to, to uh, just going to coffee shops again and just hanging out. Yeah, mine's it. a little combination of both of you guys' answers. I mean, it's just walking amongst the people. Yeah, I mean, there's there's people out there. We know they're alive, but yet we don't see them. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a little desolate. And so, yeah, I mean, I want to do a little combination of both of that. I mean, let's go on with the next icebreaker question. We got two. All right, what you got? What's one thing you? Yeah, what what's one thing, Derek, that you're glad that you were able to do before the quarantine restrictions happened? Oh, okay. So, shout out to the crew that I'm a part of, the Definitive Soapbox. You know, we've oh, been yeah, we've yeah. been in Long oh, Beach yeah. for yeah. what eleven years, running different different venues. And literally the week before the lockdowns happened, it was the the second week of March of 2020, we held our second location, incidentally, at at our sponsor's spot, one of our sponsor's (laughs) spot, Corridor Flow, and that was going to be our second location. And literally Uh the next week, the world shut down. So. I was I I was so glad that we were able to do at least that one time at mm-hmm. Corridor, the open mic that we were able to put together. And, you know, yeah. Nori is still down when the world opens up to oh, I know he's down. Yeah, have, have his spot <laughs> still as our, at our, yeah. as our second location. So that's one thing that I was, I was glad yeah. to be able to part of before the world shut down. Yeah, it was kind of cool. I mean, um, it kind of gave a glimpse of the Corridor Flow community right before lockdown because that was my first DJ gig. I was like, yo, let's do this again. Yeah. How about you, Kevin? What, what, what are you glad to have done before the quarantine restrictions? Theme parks. Really? Which yeah. ones in particular? Well, you work at Knott's, right? Oh, <laughs> oh, um, oh well, um, um, since you asked, um, Universal Studios. Oh, yeah. Waterworld, baby. For the Waterworld. And any, any particular Waterworld live. That you, that you like about Universal? Pay attention, Chris. Waterworld, man. Waterworld. <laughs> Waterworld, okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, Waterworld. Yeah. The, uh, for the particular reason that my dad, rest in peace, worked on Waterworld, the movie. Oh, and really? every time I go see Waterworld, I feel my dad's spirit with me. That's awesome. Yeah, that is really cool. And, um, it, and actually, it's the longest my, running yeah. show, right? At at Universal right now. Yes. Really? We're longer than the tram? Yes. Well, the tram's not really a show, but the, oh, okay. the, okay. the show shows, right? All the other yeah. shows have come and gone, but that one's... Been around. It replaced uh, Miami Vice I before uh, A Team, 
But uh, uh, yeah, I laugh because they keep trying to they, they keep trying to get rid of it, but no one. <laughs> it's like they keep trying to get rid of it. It's such a good show; the they they can't get rid of it. The man. cockroach of attractions, man, can't get rid of it. Yeah, but the one thing I was able, yeah, you know, I was glad to do is is go to Pebble Beach with my dad. Oh, that's awesome! You know, before lockdown, yeah. On Father's Day, we went to the U.S. Open. I mean, you got hallowed grounds. You have two golf courses in America. You got Augusta National. You got Pebble Beach. Augusta National is private. Unless you really know somebody, you can go there. But Pebble Beach, I mean, I went with my dad. Pops walked like 10 miles. I mean, he was 72 at the time. And right when quarantine locked down, it was, you know, we both looked at each other and we said, man, I'm glad we did that. Yeah. And it was just an amazing bonding experience. And it's much like Kevin, you know, and him. He going to go see Waterworld and his dad worked on it. It's just kind of like, yeah, that's a part of me. That's cool. And so that yeah, that was really cool. But yeah, before we get onto the show today, uh, don't forget we do have a brand new Instagram page. Uh, thanks to everyone who has recently connected with us through Instagram. But if you're not following us yet, please make sure to check us check us out for news and updates. And our IG handle is at breathe.podcast and help us out by spreading the word. And that's at breathe.podcast. You know, Chris, I also want to take this time to remind everyone to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Don't you like how I said that? Give us. Please give us a five-star rating. <laughs> yes, please. 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 <laughs> please let us know how we're doing. Show us some love. You can even list out some questions you may have that you'd like us to address on the show, and we'll do our best to get to them in a timely manner. And make sure you hit that subscribe button to let give us notifications that every time we release a new episode. Yeah, and finally, too, guys, I want to encourage everyone out there to head on over to the Patreon page under my name, Derek Engoy, and you can specifically support this podcast and help cover some of the costs to keep it running. You know, we've had an uptick of support on Patreon in the past couple yes, weeks. Yes, we have. Yeah, shout out to our most recent supporter, Natalia Gatula. She just supported us this past week. And so shout outs to you, Natalia. Nice. Thank you so much. But you yeah, know, Natalia, I want to talk to you soon. Yeah. <laughs> Hit us up. We want to give you some yeah. gifts. Um, but yeah. you know, as little as $1 a month, uh, $1 a month goes a long way. So trust me, if, yeah. if you feel like you can't do the three, the, the 10 or the 20, you can do $1 and that $1 will go a long way and help us cover the cost of the show. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash Derek Engoy. Uh, we have audio downloads of the original music that you hear on our show that you can you can you know access poems that I'll put nice. up, even performance videos uh, that are exclusive to our Patreon community, and you know Chris has some prints too as well that we want to get to you some of his artwork. Uh, so head on over to Patreon today, show your support, and hey, thanks ahead of time for the love. All right, so guys, congratulations again. Uh, we have our very first spot quarter flow located in Lomita, California. I mean, we've been talking about them over the entire season and we've been mentioning them as a creative hub. And so I just decided to interview one of the, yeah. And so I decided to interview one of the people who I consider part of my creative crew. Uh, Although we don't do the same exact thing or have yet to collaborate creatively. It's just nice to have people around who you just instantly click with, where you could talk theory, philosophy, creative influences, and just life in general. Mm. I mean, it's just those people who for some crazy reason, can break down your defense barriers and you just feel like they were meant to be in your life. Yeah. You know, I decided to interview one of those vendors from Corridor Flow Community 
owner of Heartstrokes and definitely one of the most unique greeting cards you'll ever find. Yeah. And it's our homie, Carrie Joy Pasquale. Carrie Joy! You know, but yeah, she's actually the one that binge, binge streamed our That's <laughs> right. Our I episodes. <laughs> yeah, we jumped her in. I jumped her in, guys. Dude, we're Netflix so status. Someone crew. binged our shows, dude. We're Netflix <laughs> status. <laughs> yeah, so like, here, here's a question I have for you guys. Uh, this is actually a two-parter, but the first one we'll go. Let's start with you, Derek. I mean, can you got can you describe like a synchronistic situation that took place in your life where you just decided on a whim to just do it and it completely changed your life? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. It's a good word too, Chris. Uh, synchronistic. You know, you know, way back in the day, I was a part of another church. Right? I've been a part of many uh-huh. churches, and this was this one even dates predates the branch that I was a uh-huh. part of, but. We had this small office in Gardena. Maybe it was 2003 uh-huh. or so, I think. Uh, we were also a church plant back then, and we didn't have our own building. I think we were, we were renting a school at the time. But mm-hmm. we, had, we had this office in Gardena. It was right off the freeway, right off the 405, for those of you locals who know that freeway. Uh, there was this one particular night. Maybe it was 11 a.m., maybe midnight. I wasn't married yet, and so I was still living at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to this particular office to pray. And I didn't know why, right? I could have prayed at my house, but for some reason, I felt like I had to go to the office. So it was one of those, mm-hmm. one of those on a whim type deals. And so I took my guitar, uh, I lit some candles in the office, I kept the lights off, and I started really slow, right? Just strumming my guitar, uh, softly singing the hook of a particular worship song. I don't even remember, uh, but that was the reason why I was there. So I know it was a worship song. And I kept repeating the chorus because that's what I usually do. I'm not much of a singer. And prior to this, maybe a year, before, and mm-hmm. I'm going to get real spiritual here. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah. A year prior to that, I was baptized in the spirit and I was able to speak in tongues. Now uh-huh. I had no idea what was happening in that initial moment because my mouth mm-hmm. was open and words were coming out, but I had no idea what those words meant. And it was a foreign language. It, it didn't sound like gibberish either. It actually sounded uh-huh. like a, a language. I just couldn't pinpoint what it was. And so that was my first introduction to speaking in tongues, you know, again, mm-hmm. I didn't really pay no much attention to it at the time, but in the darkness of the office, now you fast forward again to, to a year later, candles lit, guitar strumming. I felt I was, I felt like I was connecting with God in a way that I had never experienced before. I was mm-hmm. in sync with him, if you will, to take that word. Uh, I started hearing his voice audibly. I had never heard God's voice audibly. Uh, uh-huh. And I started seeing visions of other people during my prayer moment in that dark office. Uh, and, and these oh, were crazy. People, yeah, people that I knew. God in that moment would was moving me to speak in tongues. And in that moment, again, I had no idea what I was saying. But what was mm-hmm. interesting is that because the interesting part about that moment is the longer I was speaking in tongues, still strumming the guitar, I think I was even singing in tongues, uh, the longer that happened, uh-huh. the more I began hearing what those tongues meant. It's crazy. Like, uh-huh. like I can't describe it was as if huh what was that kevin i said how that's interesting yeah and so again it's these tongues that i don't quite understand but the longer i was speaking to it it began to make sense to me and god Mm -hmm. what he was doing was giving me words of encouragement for specific people some words were Uh not so much encouragement it was more of a rebuke and what was crazy is and and i was young back then so i was like full of fire i'm still full of fire don't get me wrong i i still love god and i will go talk to to people about I'll, i'll talk about god to people no matter what but Back then, there was this youthful zeal in me. And so Mm -hmm. those specific people that I saw as I was praying, I went up to them that week, and I began to share with them what God had for them. 
right? And, and man, the looks on their faces, you know, filled with awesome, some filled with joy, some with remorse, obviously, because some of those were words of, of rebuke, perhaps some of the things that they were doing that weren't necessarily godly. Um, mm-hmm. And it was that night that sent me on a trajectory to commune with God in a way that was more intimate, that was more connected. Uh-huh. And even to this day, it sent me again on a trajectory to, of course, uh, to be who I am in God now. And then, of course, I don't go to that space anymore. I don't go to that office. The office is not even there anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not even part of the church. But to this day, because of that night where I felt yeah. like, you know, I, I praying in my room is not enough. I need to go to this office. Because of that night, I came to understand God in a deeper way that has changed me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still have those moments. Those moments now don't have to be in the dark room with candles lit with a guitar. I mean, I think yeah. I've massaged, if you will, I'll use that word, massaged my relationship with God um, you know, that, that was like nearly 20 years ago and 20 years mm-hmm. later, you know, I, I still hear from God audibly. I, I still commune with God as I did back then. And, but this time it's like, I can do that when I'm walking down the street. I could do that when I'm driving in uh-huh. the car. I can do that when, you know, I'm listening to not even like, like God music, right. Like it, or worship mm-hmm. music. I, I, I know what yeah. you're talking about. So I, I would say that, like, that would be it. Yeah. Yeah. How, how much I talk about was in 1985 when I was, 15. So if you people are mathematicians uh-huh. can figure out how old I am now, but I'll quickly go upon the, the age factor. I'm a writer. I can't do that uh-huh. math. Sorry. Okay. What I was coming, getting to is when I was 15 years old, I got a call from a pastor on this uh-huh. one weekend and it was a pastor from the church, which is now the branch. And then he said, well, I got your name through TBN, which was, I was saved through TBN back then. We'd like to invite you down. And I had the strangest desire to go to their baptism the next day i wanted to Uh go get baptized and i went by myself and as i walked in the building i felt like i heard the audible voice of god that said you're home and so i get baptized that day i get tongues placed upon me just like similar to Derek, Uh up out of the water and i start speaking in tongues like that it's very similar experience that was a very synchronistic synergistic Whatever five dollar word you just your <laughs> um, that that changed my life, uh-huh. and I can think back to that to where then ten years later when there was a pastoral change, I asked God the same question: Should I leave? And you said, uh, "What did I tell you ten years ago?" <laughs> you said I was home. Yeah. So throughout all these pastoral changes that have happened at that location, I asked the same question, and He always comes back and says. What did I tell you 20 years ago? What did I tell you 30 years ago? So God's, God's pretty consistent. Yeah. But I, mm-hmm. I would say this, that synergistic thing was that. Yeah. Well, for me, I mean, the most synergistic thing that I did was probably in the last couple of years. It was Derek when I decided to give you a call. Mm. You know, yeah. uh, I had spiritual unrest. I had issues, you know, personally, spiritually. And I just wanted to say, you know, sorry apologize for the things that I had done to you guys because I ditched you guys. Like, let's be real. Mm. But I mean, I had personal issues that I needed to deal with and I wanted to tie those loose ends. And not only did you allow me to do that, but you did it in a forgiving way. And from there on out, I mean, our relationship has matured. Yeah. And then from there, on a whim, I just said, hey, I'll do the Bible study. And guess who I met? Kevin. Yeah. Kevin Aren't said, you so lucky? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm totally lucky. You're so fly. <laughs> but the thing that you did for me was you you broke down 
my mom's death in such a very elementary way, and you had a key to the puzzle of the questions that was always in my mind and in my heart. You just said, hey, Jesus wept, and that's just how I felt too. And ever since then, it's like we've kind of been together and we've been growing. And yeah, that's that's my that's my synchronistic situation. Uh, and it, yeah, and so here here's another here's another question. Uh, we've touched upon it over the course of the entire season, but specifically, Kevin, I mean, do you consider your respective art form a spiritual practice? And if so, how? The short form answer is yes. The reason being, it's a way of an outlet. It's a place where I can go play and there's no boundaries to what I can do. The only boundaries are to whatever I think I can't do. And that, even to that point, I have been tested. And as I mentioned last episode, I almost stopped going to my voice coach because he, he made me cry a couple of times because you, you think you're doing okay. (laughs) And it takes you apart. Yeah. Takes you apart. And then you, you, you question what you're doing and then you keep throwing out the towel away and God picks it up and tells you, Hey, you dropped this. And you he keeps throwing it back to you and go, wait a second. I want to tap out. He says, uh, uh, Nope. Tapping out is not possible. <laughs> um, you drop this. And then through that, you find out what your boundaries are. You find out what your strengths are. You definitely find out what your weaknesses are, especially mm-hmm. what I'm doing because I'm going up against thousands of people f- for work and for jobs. and I feel like I've been a professional student for the last nine years because that's all I've really been doing is studying voice acting. But without it, I wouldn't have survived mentally. So I think for me, voice acting is much more than getting jobs. It's it's about connection and it's about playing characters and connecting with people. How about you, Derek? Yeah, I'd say so. Poetry for me is definitely a spiritual practice. It's my way of communing with God, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the Book of Psalms is a poetic collection of folks who are communing with God. And mm-hmm. a lot of them aren't very upbeat, if you will. There's a lot of angst toward God in mm-hmm. some of the writings in the Book of Psalms, but they're poetic nonetheless. And every mm-hmm. time I write, whether it's about God specifically or not, it's uh-huh. me spiritually connecting with the creator. And man, when, yeah. when I do write specifically about God, forget about uh-huh. it. It's a whole new level, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm so in tune with the Holy Spirit. It's ridiculous. And and then when I take it to the next level to actually recite these pieces in public, uh-huh. man, it's pure worship. And so for yeah. me, the words that I pen aren't just put together for a piece that I'm going to recite later for a performance or record for a video, but they're my way of worshiping. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm not going to get up on stage and sing with the worship team at church. I don't have the pipes for that. I mean, Marissa will even tell you, she's like, I can't even keep in tune with anything, but for me, Uh poetry is my way of worshiping God. Yeah. That's your tongue. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what I noticed when I saw you at the pack poetry night, the very first time. Mm. I'm like, yo, this guy teeters. He almost, he's like right at the cusp of danger. You know, right where, and you go there. And that's why I was like, dude, this guy, I want him in my band. Man, you're he going back. That point. You're going back 96, yeah. man. That's, that's a. <laughs> yeah. But hey, that's what I saw. I saw that potential. I'm like, yo, Derek takes it to that edge. I need that guy. Mm. And yeah, and ever since then, you know, I mean, it's it's all about that spiritual connection. And yeah, like it's a spiritual practice for me. I mean, I believe that 
whenever I paint, the entire process is receiving downloads, mm-hmm. messages or images from meditation, prayer. It's kind of like when you're when you're talking about, you don't need candles, you don't need a guitar, you don't need a dark lit room to connect with God. Yeah. It's because you're you're streamlining now. And so I'm kind of doing the same thing. And, and you know, I'm trying to balance my emotions and thoughts. I'm, I'm getting closer. Kind of like when you were talking about doing uh, the poetry just for God specifically. Dude, that's how I felt when I did mm. the mural. Yeah. I felt like, like, really, am I, you're choosing me to do this. And to know that it's like, you're, you're up there and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm painting this for God. I'm painting this for Jesus. And you're just like. I can't let him down. Like, let's do this. It's like this, this crazy pressure, but somehow you just, you just overcome it and it becomes amazing. So yeah, let's, so let's go ahead and let's go with that interview. Carrie Joy Pasquale, some of the most unique gift cards you'll ever see. We jumped her in. She's officially part <laughs> of the corridor or of, of the brief podcast crew. My homie from corridor flow vendor and owner of heart strokes, Carrie Joy Pasquale. <laughs> This is Christian um, Mendoza, one of the co-hosts over at Breathe. And as many of you guys know, uh, this is actually my first time driving the Breathe Mobile. And yeah, I, uh, throughout this whole process of of healing through creativity, I've somehow fused spirituality and creativity in the same in the same uh, manner. And throughout this process as well, I'm cutting out. A lot of bad things for me, environments, people, places, and things. And throughout this two-year journey of whittling out these bad things, I came across and I met uh, this person, this lady. Uh, we met uh, on really good terms. I don't have any guards up when I meet her or her husband, John. They're both really cool. And this is kind of my spiritual reward uh, for getting rid of uh, a lot of toxic things in my, in my life prior. And yeah, I, I, I met a homie for life. She's part of my soul tribe. She embodies the breathe uh, philosophies of recognizing that her creative gift is, is a spiritual uh, practice. And yeah, and I'm glad to actually say that I've grown with her from a nonprofit side. You know, she was she was learning things from the nonprofit thing. And then she goes and she decides to heal through creative process just like me. And I'm glad that we've crossed paths. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Carrie Joy Pasquale. She's uh, the owner of uh, Heart Strokes, which we'll, we'll definitely talk talk about later. But Carrie, how are you doing? I'm great, Christian. Uh, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here with you. And thank you for inviting me to be a part of this. Oh, yeah, no problem. I mean, uh, when we first started, I remember I was trying to get the interview with you and you were kind of hard to get a hold of. And yeah, we, we I said, hey, why don't you go ahead and check out these episodes? Uh, you 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 listened to our first one from episode two and you got hooked and yeah we're, we're glad did. to have you part of the family. I did. I I must admit I binged uh, when I first found out about the podcast. I didn't listen to it right away, and then when you invited me to participate, I thought I should probably know what this is all about. And from the very first episode I listened to, I was hooked. I I love everything about just everything that you guys are talking about and diving into and inviting people to dive into about their own creativity, their own spirituality, and just, you know, what life is like walking it through right now. 
Yeah, because this is pretty much it's kind of like a celebration because we as the co-hosts, we all understand that. I mean, yeah, we're all kind of going through this kind of depressive haze right now. And we know that we're not alone. We kind of all feel it. And and we know that as creatives, we tend to be a little more sensitive than the average person. And so to be able to provide a platform for people that are very, very sensitive, people that might be going through issues or people that are working things out to be able to, to allow them to voice it out. It means everything. I mean, it's not just the greeting card that you're doing with heart strokes. It's not just the painting for me. I mean, sometimes there's certain things that need to be voiced and we're really happy to provide that for other people. No, and I'm, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that I found it. I'm thankful that I've come to know you um, and Derek and just kind of, I feel like I've discovered new friends, even though they're people that I haven't met yet, but all of your other guests on the show, it's just amazing to hear their stories. You know, I'm a firm believer that everyone has a story and Uh I think that we all become stronger by sharing them. A lot of times people don't feel that they have a story to share, but when you hear others dive into their own story, um, it, it opens a door, I think, for a lot of people to kind of, you know, tap into their own and find out what that really means for them and what it can mean for others around them and in their community before we get a little too serious let's let's go ahead with the icebreaker so so one of the things that i did uh throughout my process of learning that i had bipolar disorder was i had to go to a lock-in mental health drug and rehab facility for about a year and a half so i was in there in the philippines so when i went back to the u.s the first thing i had i had an in and out double double and a carne asada burrito so we've been in lockdown for about a year. So when the masks comes off, what's Carrie Joy doing? I mean, is it hug life? Like, what 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 are you doing when the masks come off? Well, it's it's definitely hug life. I am a hugger, <laughs> um, and and that's one of the things I miss most. Is you know, I am one of those people that just naturally it feels awkward for me to shake someone's hand. It doesn't feel awkward at me for me at all to hug somebody. So that's definitely going to happen. Uh, but I think just getting back to, you know, events and, and being with people and talking yeah. to people, you know, I can do that on the phone and I can do that like we're doing it here, but it's not the same as being able to sit with someone. And, you know, I'm not a groups person most of the yeah. time, like my comfort zone tends to be one-on-one mm-hmm. and I miss those one-on-one opportunities a lot. Yeah. I mean, we just had breakfast with yourself and John. I mean, last Saturday, we're just chilling, having coffee. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, that was like a really awesome experience. And I do miss that. I miss people's faces. I miss seeing people's cheeks, you know, their cheek muscles, you know, flex because they're happy. I miss right. teeth, <laughs> you know, yes. and, and I'm pretty sure you're the same way too. Carrie, okay, let's talk about hard strokes. Yes. Well, hard strokes was actually born... I, I could almost say it was born out of quarantine. I mean, it, it uh-huh. never would have become what well, it I've is now. I've seen it blossom during quarantine. That's for if sure. If not for that. But you. No, it actually, it, it, it started because basically what I do is I create um, unique, one-of-a-kind greeting cards that are made with vintage photographs. They're all old black and white photographs. None of them are people that I know. I find them at you know yard sales and antique stores and on eBay and various places. And then I like to use handmade papers, recycled papers, sometimes scraps of paper that people are giving away. Just I like tangible things. Uh-huh. So I like to kind of 
find pieces that seem to fit and speak to me in some way. And I put them together and then I use my typewriters to type captions for them. And so every single card I make is absolutely unique. There's none other like it in the world. And everyone kind of has a story, even though I don't know who these people are in the photos, Mm -hmm. there's so much life in them that you can, you can almost kind of make up a story for yourself. Like you you look at it and you want to know more about what's going on in this picture. What was this person like? What's going on? You know, the people around them. And so it's just something that came about because I was invited to participate in a Valentine's type-in event. It was kind Uh of an event where people get together who are totally into typewriters and printing and calligraphy and books and all the papery nerdy things I like to Uh call it. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely one of those people. So I, I wanted to go and check it out. And I had been to one a couple of years prior. And through getting involved, you know, being there, um, I didn't actually meet the organizers that day. But uh-huh. later, I ended up meet, meeting the two guys who organized that event. And one of them was Garrett. And he just became a really good friend of mine. He, you know, he's a, an engineering mind. He's a typewriter guy. He knew how to fix mm-hmm. and clean them up and got me sort of enthusiastic about collecting more of them, which I now have eight typewriters altogether. But that relationship with Garrett, he was so encouraging about Mm -hmm. doing more with my typewriters. And he invited me to participate in this Valentine's Day event. The, The words he said that were really inspiring to me were, just come, bring your typewriters, whatever you make, they're gonna love it. And that really was an open door for me. It was a it was a time for me to kind of sit and think about those words and think about what they meant and what they could mean for me. You know, it was like an opportunity for me to walk through an open door that I had never even looked at before. And so um, I'd been making some little bookmarks that I typed on, you know, like favorite um, quotes or scriptures or things. And I would, you know, selling those for a couple of bucks a piece, Uh but it wasn't really something I was excited about. Mm -hmm. And then, when he invited me to participate, I went to a local um, antique fair here in Torrance and I came up upon a booth that had pictures, old pictures in a little box. And as I was going through them, it just clicked. That was the mm. moment. Like I, I'm looking at these pictures. I see so much life and character and I thought I can do something with this. And I, I didn't really know what that was going to be yet, but I knew that I could do something. And so I ended up buying a whole bunch of pictures that day. And I brought them home and I started playing around with funny captions and, you know, thinking about what the people in the picture might be thinking or how it might apply in a more modern day situation. And so from there, it just sort of came to be and it was very organic. And that's one of the things I love about it is um, it all just kind of came about in, in a really organic way. And yeah, you're right. I mean, these 1950s black and white pictures, I mean, they're so they tell a story. It's beautiful. And, and, and what's really cool is what I like about your upbringing through heart strokes is that you're a CPA, you know, I'm, I'm in healthcare. I, I, I'm, I'm a respiratory therapist. It's like, how did we come from these technological, you know, math backgrounds? How did we survive all of that to be, to, to, to come and be, be creative? I mean, how did you, how did you uh, kind of get into it? Well, it is true that I'm an accountant. I'm not a CPA, but I have been in accounting for almost 25 years now. And that was something that just sort of 
you know, it was one of those things that it paid the bills and yeah. I started to learn more as I did it more. And I worked with different types of clients and different types of industries. And I gained a lot of knowledge and developed a lot of relationships through that process. But I knew that it was never my passion. Yeah. It's still not. I mean, it's my full-time yeah. job, but it's not my passion for sure. I, I think I always knew I liked to be creative. I, uh, it took a long time for me to accept that I am somewhat of an artist. It's even uh, hard for me to say it. Like, I feel like I have yeah. to preface it by saying somewhat because yeah. I look at people like you and other people that I know who are artists and I feel like uh, there's no way I'm in that category. So it's hard for me to accept that and say that, but I did always know that I was creative. Yeah. I know I, oh, even as a kid, I liked to be creative. I liked to draw. I liked to make cards for people when I was a kid for every holiday you can imagine and send them out to my family. Um, I liked putting things together in different ways that were visually pleasing for me, you know? So, and I don't think I, I thought much about it as being art at the time when you're a kid, it's just play, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, exactly. um, but as I got older, I always had some type of a creative outlet because mm. that really was a way for me to relax. I've worked yeah. in a lot of industries where it's, it's stressful, you know, accounting and finance can be stressful. Oh yeah. You're all deadlines. For sure. For sure. And, um, so there was a lot of stress involved in those job related things. And I always needed some type of a creative outlet. And for a long time, it was, it was making jewelry. It was something that I could do with my hands where mm -hmm. I could sit and be quiet and tune everything else out and focus. And when I would that laser focus in on something really small in my hands, it just kind of helped me relax and took away all the other thoughts of everything else that was going on in my life. So it's not that I, I didn't know I was creative. It's just, it's taken 45 years for me to accept that, yes, there is an artist blooming within me. And it may not be the type of art that people see hanging in a museum or hear on the radio or, you yeah. know, but it's, it's definitely something that I'm coming to accept as art. Yeah. Like one of the things that I love about it, I mean, we're kind of in the same boat is, is we both learned this after 40. You know, like uh, I learned how to paint and draw. Like I started drawing when I was 41 and I started painting. I'm 47 now. I started painting when I'm like 44. And it's like, you know, you, you kind of learn, you know, heart strokes a little later in life. And it's like, it's kind of like having a new lease on life. And, 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 and how, how does it make you look at the world a different way? Or how does it make you feel? Uh, well, absolutely. It's a gift. Um, uh -huh. It's a gift, not only because it speaks directly to the things that, uh, that make me feel good, you know, like tearing paper and typing on the typewriter and those tangible things just make me feel good. But yeah. also because it allows me a way to connect with other people that I can't be in person with. And that's why this growing out of the pandemic and everything that's been going on over the past year is such a blessing to me because it's enabled me to kind of find community without yeah. actually going out and physically finding community. It's enabled me to connect and encourage people without yeah. physically being in front of them and being able to hug them or smile at them and yeah. encourage them. Actually, I'd like to expand a little bit more on that. I mean, we're talking about heart strokes. Uh, uh, before we even go on, let's talk, let's, let's tell everybody your guys handle on IG before we get too deep. Sure. It's at heart.strokes. So that's at H E A R T dot S T R O K E S. And that's okay. on Instagram. And then my website is typeyourheart.com.
nice. Okay, so what we were able to do, Carrie, is Derek has been making coffee beans, right? For vintage coffee out in Culver. And I did the mural over at the branch in Long Beach. And so we hand signed uh, prints of, of the mural. Derek made his coffee beans. I mean, you have your greeting cards. He has his haikus. I mean, let's talk about right. Garrett. You know, I mean, Derek, Garrett, Derek and Garrett, they spiritually live through his haikus, his typewriter. I mean, Marissa bought Derek the typewriter from the same guy you got your typewriter from. Like, right. yo, let's do a little Garrett memorial, throw some haikus and some heart strokes in our Breathe bl uh, Blossom package. I mean, that's creative community right there. I mean, let's 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 make Garrett immortal. You know, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, he well. And I, I guess we should say for those who didn't know him that yeah. he, he did very suddenly and unexpectedly pass away last um, September. Mm -hmm. And it's something that it's, it's still hard for me to wrap my head around, you know, yeah, I mean, me I didn't know him for a really long time, but it was one of those friendships that you, you just, you kind of feel like I, you can't imagine your life before it came yeah. to be, you know, it yeah. kind of seems like it always was. And he was an absolutely encouraging kind man he yeah. was one of those people that everybody enjoyed being around and he had so much knowledge and he was an engineer and a writer and a, a pilot and you know all these things like a renaissance man you know uh -huh. but his his true gift was in just connecting people and and kindness to people and he did that through the typewriters you know both giving them away selling them fixing them um, finding people to introduce them to uh -huh. of all ages. And it was, it was really inspiring to watch. And so I think you're right. There is sort of a legacy involved here because what I see with heartstrokes yeah. is, is part of Garrett's legacy living on through the development of, you know, this endeavor. Also too, like one of the, one of the things that I'd like to, to talk about, I mean, we're talking about the corridor flow is, is your relationship with Marissa and, and good morning cactus and how you, kind of got started with the whole succulents uh the succulents hobby i mean how did how did that all come about well that was uh, in my mind a miracle because i'm one of those people that anytime someone's given me a plant as a gift i feel like uh -huh. i can just say goodbye to it before i even say hello because uh -huh. i don't know how to take care of them yeah so it always it kind of made me sad before because i'm like oh they're so pretty and but if i bring it home it's just gonna die um uh -huh. But I met Marissa through Derek and, and through Corridor Flow. Uh, we just sort of clicked. We hit it off and started talking. And I was asking her about how she got into, you know, the succulents. And I ended up sharing uh, my own story with mm -hmm. her about um, my kid, my children, my first child, which was our daughter who was born premature and didn't mm -hmm. survive. And then my son who was also born premature and thankfully did survive it, mm -hmm. but just, you know, two traumatic pregnancies and all the feelings and everything surrounding that. And we sort of connected on that level. And she was telling me about, you know, the plants and what they've done for her in terms of her healing um, wow. from similar types of experiences. And so that was, it was a really amazing day. I, I left that day feeling like, again, like it was somebody I had known forever and we had just really met for the first time. Yeah. And what was really cool is, is I, I, I noticed that you started, you found this dresser in an alley and you started compiling all of these succulents that, you know, that Marissa had, 
had kind of coached you up on like, you know, and these were certain ones that called to you. And, and, and when I saw this dresser, you took a picture of it with all these plants in it. I thought it was super beautiful to me. It was like, it resonated with me. You didn't even have to explain it. I just looked at it and I was like, Hey, that's the Christian experience to me. I am that dresser. I'm that dresser that somebody threw away and you and the, and, and the whole like religious and spiritual community, the corridor flow community, the artistic community is kind of like, you guys nurtured me. You guys took this dresser from the alley that was all beat up, considered trash. You guys took it in. Not only did you take it in, you nurtured it and you cherished it and made it something beautiful. Now it's like, yo, I want to fight for you guys. And that's why I'm popping out all this crazy art because you guys believed in me. You guys saw the beauty in me. You guys saw the potential. And I'm just out there just crushing for not just you, not just for quarter flow. I'm crushing for Jesus. I'm crushing for my family. And yeah, man, it's like I've been able to tie art and spirituality together. And it's like, I don't, I can't stop it. I know you're the same way too with, with heart strokes. You're just flying. And it's, it's really, well, it's, and it's, I have, I have really to awesome tell to you, it was amazing. It was amazing to me because when I, I didn't think, I mean, of course I knew some of your story that you had shared with me. And I, I, first of all, I was shocked to find out that you hadn't started your art until much later in your life because it, your art is incredible to me. Oh, but when I when I shared that picture of the dresser that we put in our backyard and, and put all the succulents around it, I just thought it was something cool, a way to display them. And I really mm-hmm. do value things that, I mean, we're very much a thrifting kind of a family and mm-hmm. we love finding things that other people have thrown away and finding new uses for them and, and bringing beauty out of them, like you said. And so I really didn't know that it would resonate with you or anybody else. I just thought it kind of looked good in our backyard. And when you told me about how it made you feel and, and instantly it was like this inspiration for you to do something. um, I just, I kind of sat back and was like, wow, I can't wait to see what he comes up with. And so it it was, it was amazing to me. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. I kind of, we ended up taking like this Batman Joker thing. The, the dressers painted in blue and yellow, like Batman. And Derek, actually, we'll talk about that. The, the, the words, it's actually purple and green. It's supposed to represent, represent the Joker. So it's supposed to be the battle of light and dark within, you know, within, within oneself. Mm-hmm. And then what was kind of cool is right when I finished the image, I Rorschacked it. I sent it straight to Derek. I didn't say a word. He already knows it's from Marissa. He, like, he and I, we just have this, this, this working relationship where it's like minimal words. I just be like, dude, here's the image, right? And yeah, he already knew what it was. And we ended up being the sprouting, uh, this sprouting uh, collaborative effort. I mean, I started writing it backward and forward and, and writing it in weird reverse spirals. And yeah, I mean, it was all because of corridor flow. It was all because of the inspiration that you connected with Marissa that I saw your your little dresser that I connected with it. Then I brought it back to Derek, who's Marissa's husband. I was just like, man, I was just so happy to be part of that. I love sharing things like that with people. Like I said, I could not have created that. I could not have created that moment. I couldn't have known that we were going to find that dresser. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have known that I was going to get into buying plants and succulents. I couldn't have known. You know, that didn't come from me. That came mm-hmm. from the Lord. And yeah. 
And that's why I like sharing it with people because, you know, anytime there's something in your life that you can point to that you can say, this definitely is outside of my control. Um, This is not something I could have orchestrated. And then you can see it's, it's 10 times more beautiful than just looking at, you know, a beautiful dresser in the yard with plants on it. You know, the whole story behind it is where the beauty is. Before we go ahead and go on with the lightning round, before we close up, Carrie, uh, yeah, I noticed that people have some products from Heart Strokes. It's available at Corridor Flow uh, currently as we speak. So why don't you go ahead and let them know what, what it's all about. Let's let them know your handle one more time. And uh, yeah, we can get on to that lightning round. Um, yeah, so I was really thankful when I found out that uh, Corridor Flow was going to open this maker's space mm-hmm. for local artists to um, to display and sell what they make and they invited me to be a part of it and there's no better place as far as I'm concerned for me to for it to be the first place that heart strokes is existing outside of my little office at home here in Torrance yeah. so yeah. it was a perfect perfect match and I'm so excited to be able to have the cards there and I have seen um, some of the people reacting to them and some of the people yeah. who've been buying them and it's just it's a joy because I'm surrounded by all of these amazing talented artists. You know, there's people Uh, there who paint, there's photographers, there's people who make clothing, there's jewelry people, there's, there's all different kinds of people represented there. Yeah. And as I was talking about before, it's taken me all of these 45 years to really step into the space of saying, yes, I'm an artist. And when I see that maker space there, that's one of those things that affirms it in my heart. Oh, when, when I saw it over the weekend, I'm like, man, Carrie's legit. I'm going to talk to her about getting <laughs> my display because, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go to the greeting card thing. And I think we could we could probably do some crazy stuff. But so how about that lightning round, Carrie? Are you ready? All right, let's do it. <laughs> question okay so this is like a series of yes or no questions one word answers you don't need to think right uh, well you know me christian <laughs> I, I i think too much so lightning round scares me but go ahead <laughs> uh, here we go here we go here number one carlton banks or banksy oh banksy okay shaka khan or chaka the graffiti artist oh shaka khan sonic the hedgehog or super mario brothers super mario all the way Okay, when it comes to Millie Vanilli, are you Rob or are you Fab? <laughs> I don't think I can remember which one is which. <laughs> that's how old I am, Christian. Hey, I don't remember which one is which. Hey, I'm going hey, to go Rob. Okay, thrift store or department store? Thrift store all day. Substance or flash? Substance. Cameo Word Up or Word Up Magazine? Cameo Word Up. MC Light or MC8? MC Light. Analog or digital? Analog forever. Human or robot? Human, please. <laughs> there we please. are. This we is need more. Joy Pasquale from Heartstrokes, ladies and gentlemen. My homegirl from Lamita. Much love from the Breathe Podcast to you. You're 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 officially initiated. Hey, we're gonna get John too pretty soon All right. <laughs> um, but thanks a lot and yeah it was it was a pleasure interviewing you and yeah you it was it was, it was my pleasure 
Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to join you and always fun to hang out. Yeah. So I, I, it's a joy. Okay. And there we go, guys. Uh, yeah, man. Carrie, Carrie Joy yep. is super cool. You could just tell she has like keys to my heart. And I know that, you know, same thing with the corridor flow crew as well. But I mean, the most amazing thing about that interview, it was just the painting. Derek, that we that we were all part of. Oh, that's I right. Mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like dresser. Marissa. Yeah, Marissa did the whole thing. I, she, you know, she was she was kind of she she learned to pick up succulents for for healing. She passes it on to Carrie. You know, Carrie Carrie gets this dresser, and just to be able to explain that whole thing mm. in a concise manner and 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 an organized matter. It was just amazing. I mean, it was like five people speaking or four people speaking in their tongue, yeah. just putting so much love onto that little piece of paper. And it's just like, that was so pure. It was so amazing. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys think about that? I just say it's, it's beautiful because each person, as you have said, Chris, each person is beautiful. And then in concert, it makes it even more beautiful because you've got five people that are being themselves that come together and create a even better I can't I'm so speechless can't even think of a word it's just beautiful yeah I mean I, I think there's this there was this amazing connection with that particular piece and it's yeah. not like we all sat in a room and said this is what we're going to do you do this and you yeah. do that we were all at different parts of I don't want to say the world but we weren't connected in no we weren't in physical space per se but it all came together it was amazing yeah. how it came and and you know, part of what you have been saying since the beginning of this episode, Chris, there's this connection that you felt yeah. to carry uh, to the Corridor Flow family, to myself and Marissa as well. And you see that connection. Yeah. 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 Kevin to the church as well. Yeah. So there's I mean, this. It was so beautiful. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's like instead of being being uh, connected to negative, you know, energetic entanglements, this was like the purest energetic entanglement. And it's like, if this is just a precursor of what's to come, oh, dude, yeah. I'm all about this. Yeah, It was so pure. Was. I mean, any any other points, you guys? Yeah, one thing, or should I say one person that Carrie brought uh -huh. up was Garrett, right? Rest in peace, good sir. Yeah. You know, so I met Garrett a couple of times, a couple of occasions, and actually Marissa and I ended up developing somewhat of a, uni a unique connection, right? There's that word again. We developed a unique connection yeah. with him. And he was this amazing, I just call him a typewriter collector. Uh, yeah. and because of his love for the keys, Garrett knew the machines that he had inside out and the way he would talk about each component of the typewriter. Whenever I had a part uh -huh. I needed fixing on my own typewriter, uh -huh. the way that Garrett would talk about each part was very intimate. And you mm -hmm. knew that Garrett loved what he did in respect to the typewriter. Dude was yeah. also very caring he was a generous guy. You know, Marissa bought a typewriter from him for my birthday last year. Yeah. And again, I remember that. yeah, right before quarantine. And, and as I, and, and check this out, as I was deciding which typewriter I wanted, Garrett noticed my middle boy, Cyrus. Mm -hmm. he, he noticed that Cyrus was checking out and he was typing on one of the typewriters. And when we made uh -huh. the purchase for mine, Garrett leans over to me and he asks, Hey, can I have, can I have your permission to give Cyrus a typewriter? And Garrett tells me that he believes in the power of gifting the youth, especially when it comes to uh -huh. something like a passion for typewriters. And it was an amazing moment. And, 
And it was a great reminder to me of the importance of pouring into the next generation. You mentioned last week, Chris, that you have some youthful art students now, and it's another example of pouring your craft into the next generation. And that's important. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's extremely, it's needed so much, especially now. And we've mentioned this a couple of times, you know, the arts are usually the first to go in public school curriculum and they are, they are. And so it's needed. And, when she was talking about her relationship with Garrett, it just reminded me of the short stint that I knew him. I didn't know him very long. I mean, I didn't make it a year of knowing him uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, he passed away so suddenly. And it just, you know, when she brought him up, it, again, I was just reminded of these 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 little nuances of his life that was very encouraging and inspirational for me. How about you, Kevin? You got, you got any points to bring up? I was going to mention also about Garrett, the thing about, I, I, I could just imagine when Garrett was younger, if if he had that same love of, of the typewriter then, that a lot of people would probably think maybe negative of that because you, you know how, how people like, I can remember, well, I can't remember because I'm not that old, but Albert <laughs> Einstein, when he uh, was younger, everybody thought that there was something wrong with him because he was so quiet. Uh, he was bored because yeah. he was so way beyond and, and they were, they thought there's something wrong with him. And no. And in fact, there was something wrong with the people there because they didn't realize who they had in their midst. They did find out later that of course, with the, all the theorems that he discovered and all the great things that he did, how he acted and what he loved. Maybe when he was younger, people would, I don't know, would make fun of him because of what he thought. And and if and if he didn't stay the course, he wouldn't have fulfilled his purpose. In my own life, I can I don't know if I've shared this one on here, but when I was mm-hmm. in eleventh grade, you know how you always sign your yearbooks? Mm-hmm. Yes. And take care because I, I care. Yeah. That's right. KIT. See you next year. <laughs> and have a good summer, blah, 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 blah. What's your name? <laughs> so um I wrote in my book, in someone's book, I said, What are you gonna do this summer? I'm going to study to become one of the voices of Knott's Berry Farm or Disneyland. Hmm. And I think I said that in maybe about 50 or so books, and they all laughed at me until in 2005 when I was called upon to do some work there. And so I I did, and somebody tapped me on the shoulder. I didn't recognize him. He said, oh, I'm so-and-so. I said, oh, I recognize you from high school. Uh He looked above and he heard the the announcement, and I said, I told you I was going to do it. There you go. The, the thing is, never discount yourself. I'm learning that. Never discount yourself. To me, I have a disability, but you know what? I think I think I take the two words apart. Dis never dis your ability. Hmm. That's yeah, good. Look that's at you. True. Look at you, Wordsmith. <laughs> yeah. You know, another thing yeah. that stood out to me in the interview is was Carrie's story as a whole, right? So Here's this person who works with numbers for a living, and she mustered up the courage to dive into the world of creative art, right, through her greeting cards. And I think that's awesome. She she didn't know how it would end up. And I'm not saying she's even looking to profit big time off of her cards. I'm not saying she's looking to quit her day job even, but her story is one of courage. It's a story of risk taking and and I love that. Many many people are so afraid to pursue their passions or their gifts because the traditional narrative says we have to choose one or the other. And more often yeah. than not, 
We're pressured into choosing the career path that's going to pay the bills, rake in a hefty paycheck. But who's to say we can't carve out space in our lives to do both? I mean, that's what Carrie's doing, right? She works her day job, but she's also pursuing a creative path. And we need more folks like that. We need more folks who's not afraid to exercise a bit of courage. And it becomes this collective when more of us are able to pursue Mm -hmm. what we love to do and not allow let's say the nine to five to determine whether we're going to pursue that or not. When we can have more and more people pursuing their passion, man, there's, you have this, this, this amazing hub of people who can branch off to encourage other people as well. You know, a lot of the questions I get asked a lot, especially again, I mentioned all these clubhouse podcast forums and when they come Mm -hmm. to know what I'm involved with and how many hats I wear in, in society and in my life, they ask, man, how do you find, how do you find the time to do all this? And man, when you, when you do what you're passionate about, you're going to make time and it, and it's not going to get in the way of let's say family, because I'm also passionate about my my family. And so I make time Mm -hmm. for my family. Like today, you know, we, we needed to get some shoes, new shoes for the boys. Right. Uh-huh. And we're like, hey, let's go to the mall. Let's get some shoes. And we're like, dude, let's not drive to the mall. Let's hop on our bikes and let's go. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. I saw that. You guys had a little crew. Yeah. And, oh, and man, love it. Love it. And so, I that mean, you're cool. talking like all five of us, including Marissa, we got on our bikes and we cruised and it was so fun. And it's, uh, and that's what I'm talking about. When, when you pursue things in life that you are passionate about, you are going to make time for it. So for me, of course, ministry, my family, I'm going to make time for, you know, my poetry, make time for coffee. I'm going to make time for, you know, teaching poetry. I'm going to make time for the definitive soapbox. And it's not exhausting because, yeah. because of all these things I'm passionate about, like I said, I'm going to make time for it and I budget my time. Mm-hmm. I'm able to, to work that out on a given day. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I just like about Carrie is, yeah, it's just no guards up. She's just a genuinely nice, caring person. And man, you just need more of those kind of people in your life. I mean, you yeah. just can't go wrong, you yep. know? I mean, it's just, it doesn't get any much better than that. Yep. Carrie just amazes me. That way, she just amazes me because she doesn't just talk about it. She did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a difference between That's somebody crazy. saying, Oh, I I like to go off that diving board, but I'm afraid to do that because it's 120 feet in the air, and I don't know how to do a well. I would do a cannonball yeah. dive. <laughs> what I would do, uh-huh. you, you know, a statement I always heard before was, if you had to cross the Red Sea, the waters would never part unless your feet get wet. Yeah, you got to take the jump. You've got to hope for the best. I used to always say, I'm jumping off the diving board and hoping I'm hitting the water. <laughs> That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just I'm just glad that she did decide to do it because if she didn't do her her cards with Garrett, I would have never met her. Yeah. You know, it's just that simple. And, yeah. and, and it's just kind of cool to have a person like Carrie Joy and her husband John in our corner. Yeah. Part of our crew, you know, at Corridor Flow, part of the Breathe Podcast crew. It's like, man, you, you can't lose. Yeah. You don't have a good people in your corner. That's it. That's Straight right. Straight up. Yep. Hey, and so if you're listening, that's the word of encouragement for you. Dive into your passion. Don't be afraid because you can do both. If you're feeling the pressure of having to pursue a traditional career path, go for it. 
but you can do both. You can be a nurse and an artist. You can be an engineer and a poet like myself. Or well, I'm not an engineer, but I did pursue engineering. <laughs> but you can do that. So if you're listening, be encouraged. You can pursue both. And there it is. That's another show for you guys. Great show as usual. I love, yes, I love, gentlemen. I love it. I love it. And, you know, as we indicated before we hit record, man, we got a busy few months ahead of us. We're just, there's just a lot happening in a good way. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. A good way. Yeah. Yes. Good way. I'm, I'm excited to journey this journey with y'all. But thanks again for y'all listening out there for tuning in this week. Don't forget to rate and review our podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Uh, we'll see you on Instagram at breathe.podcast. Shout outs to our two sponsors, Corridor Flow and Prince Status. Thank you so much for supporting us. And if you out there listening are moved in any way, please head to our Patreon page and hit us up with a monthly support to keep this podcast going. And until next time, as we say every single week, be the light, extend your hand in love and make peace with someone this upcoming week. Stay blessed and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace.